Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Did you enjoy our live stream, Brown John? If so, there's another one coming up on the 22nd of April. If you didn't see it because you were busy or just an idiot then you should check it out because the reviews we got for the first one were sensational Mm. find out more about it on our twitter and also you can get your tickets what's our website called again tf time machine tf time machine.com yeah Yeah, tickets are available there links will be out there yeah 22nd of april 7 p.m loads of great stuff um get involved Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nisty Delaney, so what? It's the Keegan Hamburg Odyssey episode something or other. Can't remember where we're up to. Uh, we're about halfway through the thing, I think. It's, it's uh, Kevin Keegan uh, in Hamburg and Brian Moore is there for three months, apparently. <laughs> Tracking mm. his every move. Um, Dr. Death. And Dr. Death like a spectre yeah. on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Except we never see him, but uh, you know we'll 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 fall for the conceit that they've 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 sold us. Um, I can't remember what we got up to at the end of the last one. I think we were on the plane still, weren't we? With Harry, yeah, we we're in we're with Harry, jet. his business manager. They're flying over to his boot sponsor in they're France, not. and on the way, um, they're managing to to fill the time with a discussion of other. <laughs> commercial opportunities and, and Kevin's it, schedule, which is... That was uh, it. I get exhausted just listening to his schedule. The thing, and I've, yeah. I've mentioned this before, that is astonishing, and this is... Forgive me, listeners, this is a briefly serious point, I suppose. Oh. Well, it's just the fact that he's got all this shit going on, right? Mm. And he doesn't have a spare second in the day, as Gene <laughs> mentions a lot. The, well, this is what happens when you've got an electric mouse... Yeah, you know, exactly, when you've got up. an electric mouse in your house. An electric mouse in my house. My Story by Gene Keegan. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to deep dive that book. Right. I, I would lo- Lawyers will have to go over that before it gets published. Fucking hell, I'd love to if Gene Keegan wrote a book. Her, her perspective on this whole life. It'd be great. I might actually approach her and suggest it. I'll, ghost, I'll help her ghostwrite it. But anyway, I mean... I don't think that'll go very far. What's incredible is... What's that, Gene? You're out in a book. Gene, what is the meaning of this? <laughs> That's not how this family functions. If there's a book to be written, I'll be writing it. <laughs> right. Um, no, it's just the fact that he's doing all this shit and some people, as he sort of alludes to, like su- suggest that he's like a sellout or whatever because he's so commercially minded. But the whole time, mm. he is leading this Hamburg team, this previously unsuccessful Hamburg team to like mm. European Cup finals and Bundesliga titles right so he's mm. playing he's squeezing games in between all this other activity but in every game he's delivering a 10 out of 10 performance was yeah. this when the electric mouse was at his most electric in his whole career um, I think it 
Yeah, well, it was because he won the European Footballer of the Year on the back of it, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, Did he win it it twice? Oh, no, he won it once. Maybe. He he didn't. The Liverpool thing, he was part of a greater... A greater project. He wasn't yeah. dragging them to, to glory, which he did in Hamburg. And then yeah. he, he kind of did it at Southampton, but not to the same levels or the same heights. So yeah. this is peak mouse, isn't it? Peak the mouse. The Hamburg yeah. era. Yeah. Yeah. Squeak, squeak. Squeak, squeak. So, um, yeah. And he's on the plane uh, with Harry, and they, they just had the discussion about Margaret Thatcher and the Conservatives and all that sort of thing. Which no way. Covered last... no. <laughs> My father would be turning in his grave. But then uh, Harry says, tomorrow we've got to be at the Inn on the Park with EMI about the record. So Head oh. Over Heels is about to be launched. The so Yugoslavs. It's, it's all going on. The yeah. Yugoslavs are in town. The Yugoslavs have got the seven inches back from the factory. So the single's ready to launch, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, all the press will be there and some of the disc jockeys. <laughs> the disc jockeys are going to be there. Oh, for the launch. will DLT be there? What about Simon Bates? I like him. <laughs> How about Kenny Everett? He's a laugh. He <laughs> uh, goes too fast sometimes, to my liking, though. Um, he said, Harry says, we'll stay there till about 4pm, and then we've got to join the England party at about 6pm. So Harry's got his dear. So he's going from Nantes to London to and launch his to, record the next And then year. to Burnham Beaches, presumably, which is where England used to get together, didn't that's they? That's where they used to, yeah. And oh, but, but then Kev, uh, a word of caution from Kev. He says, I don't want to be late this time because I was late last time. It's just not on. Otherwise, great. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a chief executive's mindset. Like, yeah. Where they speak just in very short. Sometimes they don't even bother with full sentences yeah. because it's all about maximising every time and every word. So it's quite yeah. a good response, though, isn't it? Like, don't want to be late this time. Late last time. Otherwise, great. Good night. <laughs> Quick power nap, immediately switch off. I'll be, I'll, I'll reconvene this meeting in 90 seconds after I've had my deep sleep. After I've recharged my electric batteries. After I've regenerated. <laughs> but then he gives an assessment of everything. He says, after he says, otherwise, great. He says, the day sounds good and interesting, which suits me. <laughs> <laughs> They're his favourite things. Yeah. They're his favourite descriptions of a day. Good yeah. and interesting. And interesting. <laughs> That's what he always says on his birthday to um, Gene. What do you want to do for your birthday? As long as it's good and interesting, Gene, I don't mind. I just want a good, interesting day. Don't we all, though, mate? I want a good, interesting day every day. And she did. She booked me an open top bus trip around Hamburg with all the tourists. It was good and interesting. Uh, I learned a hell of a lot. (laughs) And then Harry says, we've got to go to Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for some fucking reason and uh, Kev Kev says oh that'll get a few people talking oh uh, yeah <laughs> like, uh, so yeah uh, and Harry, Harry says it's nothing to do with the club the press and the TV want you there we've appointed a new distributor I don't know what that means no. a distributor for what what are they distributing and what what, what are they doing in Barcelona with it what's it's going on it's not this fanny powder again is it it might remember, well be. it was in this period where his didn't his German neighbour or one of his teammates introduce him to um, Kuntensprinkel. We we think so. Mm. Um, well, I, I don't know. But he's he's he had a German doctor living next door to him, didn't he? That's it. Yeah, I think that were, might have been him. They were, they were a German couple who were middle aged but quite open sexually, like a lot of the Germans uh, are. Yeah, they're um, very liberal, much more liberal than Jean and I. I mean, we know what we like <laughs> and we we stick to it quite consistently. We know our limits. I think that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Germans, 
They've got a very <laughs> like different to... approach to marital relations. We like to keep it good and interesting, but nothing, <laughs> nothing more. Nothing fancy. No frills. Nothing at, let's say nothing after 11pm, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so... They've got this new distributor, and Harry says, I think it's important we can get down there just for about three or four hours. And, but then Kev, Kev, uh, there's a bit of dissent. He sighs and he goes, uh, you know my opinion on that. We've got two important league games left in Germany. We've got a very important European Championship game against Bulgaria. You say it's only four hours. Four hours and a hell of a long way to travel. <laughs> so he doesn't want to go to Barcelona for four hours. It'll just be pressing the flesh, wouldn't it? Meet and greet, all that sort of thing. Which is exhausting because you've always got to be yeah. on. When Keegan yeah. turns up, people want him to be Keegan, you know. Mm. And I'm not sure if that's if it's good or interesting, so uh, mm. he might not like it. But <laughs> he says, with every contract we sign, great. The more days we tie up, the less time I've got at home. So he wants to be at home. With uh, it's a little a bit like um, Elvis and Colonel Tom, I think, <laughs> with him and Harry. That's, yeah. how, that's how I see it. And Colonel Tom's beginning just a li- slightly. Uh, take things over and uh, have a little bit too much creative control into Kev's life and um, soon he'll, have, he'll be making films about surfing and stuff like that instead of playing now, football now um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this Kevin but on Thursday week we've got to go to Las Vegas to make your new film <laughs> Viva Keegan a la Vegas right. what, what the hell's that well you play a showman down on his luck in Vegas and um, he falls in love with a croupier, right? And <laughs> no, 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 no. I haven't got time for this. Hamburger playing Leverkusen on, on Friday. How am I going to get back in time for that? A film, a film. How long is it going to take to make a film? It'll only take four hours, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what about the travel to Vegas? Can't they build a pretend Vegas somewhere closer to home? <laughs> in the Black Forest. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha from Hawaii's next, but we we're going to film that on a German beach and just light it heavily. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, it feels as if Kev's starting to rebel a little a bit against Harry's. Um, actually, so I've just remembered someone messaged us or tweeted us and said that Harry later became Ryan Giggs's manager. Bloody hell, he looks quite old in this. Yeah. But in the seventies, everyone looked twenty years old. Everyone didn't they? did, yeah, yeah, because of, of the pies. I'm going to just do have a little search see if I can find anything about that. But yeah, I mean, Harry to me, I haven't watched it for a couple of weeks, but he looked a bit like uh, the major from Faulty Towers. He did, yeah. That's how With I imagine. A bit imagined. more facial hair, quite but, a, big, um, a big, elaborate moustache he had, didn't he? I can't imagine. I reckon Harry. I mean, he he did work hard. To be fair, he wasn't like. It wasn't an easy living because there was so much arranging to do, but it wasn't a bad life he was leaving, was it? I mean, ah. how did he worm his way in with Keegan in the first place? Well, well, on Ryan Giggs's Wikipedia page, it was. It was Harry. Harry Swales is his name. Harry mm. Swales. Uh, and Brian Robson recommended that Ryan Giggs sign up with Harry Swales, the agent that he himself had inherited from Kevin Keegan. <laughs> so Kevin Keegan must have left Harry Swales in to Brian will. Robson in his football will. When you yeah, retire, you must have a football on, will. On the, <laughs> and you know when he issued that will, he read it out just before boarding that helicopter on the St. James's Park <laughs> <Yeah>. pitch. <laughs> right. Yeah. I am now, as far as football's concerned, I am dead. 
I will go into hiding and withdraw completely from public life. You will never find me. In fact, he was going to Marbella, <laughs> I think, wasn't he? Didn't he go to... Was it Mallorca or Marbella or somewhere? Uh, yeah, I mean, he probably thought he had some kind of, like, um, back cave somewhere that he was going to retire yeah. to. So, I hereby read my final will and testament. <laughs> my commercial manager, <laughs> Harry Swales, I leave to Brian Robson of Manchester United... <laughs> <laughs> Brian Robson sat there watching I'm thinking it's weird I barely know Kevin but you know fair enough I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth like <laughs> uh, uh, fucking hell so Harry Swales um, Harry Swales was still Ryan Giggs' agent in 2011 when Harry was 85 years of age legend this is amazing sounds like a human of honour to me this is it definitely does well, I don't know is he still around there's, mm. there's no there's no sign that he's dead so that means Harry Swales if he's still going is now uh 94 <laughs> you know what I'm thinking mate not just still human of honour could we get Harry Swales to be Top Flight Time Machine's new commercial manager oh yeah we could get him definitely. to interface with the Latvians arrange live yeah. shows, all of our commercial activity surrounding the podcast, you know, like when yeah. we did that deal with the, the coffee <laughs> the coffee slash pet shop, right? That was a Keegan yeah. level that was borderline Keegan level commercial relationship we established there. <laughs> and I think that there's so much now coming in that we need a Harry Swales. <laughs> and I would it's love so to so a point a 94-year-old Harry Swales to be top like Time Machine's manager. It'd be fucking brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, you know, he'd want a massive cut, I reckon. He'd want mm. a massive cut because, you know, that, that you don't you don't get the Swales experience on the cheap or for free. No, no. Yeah, he'd want a cut, but he would argue, like all of these people do, that if he takes 10%, his activities would be earning us an extra 20% anyway, so we're up on the well. deal. Are we though? Are we going to be a ninety-four-year-old Harry Swales? Does a ninety-four-year-old you know? Harry Swales have the same logistical know-how as a Andy Dawson in his prime? <laughs> Andy Andy Dawson Hard in his say. logistical prime. Yeah. Would you say you're I in your logistical it. prime right now? Um, I couldn't really say. It. I think <laughs> I'm I'm heading towards some kind of peak. Yeah. I don't know. So you're the best. Well, I still put care. it this way: Are you at the best you've ever been? Oh, definitely, yeah. Logistically, yeah, I'm are, you better, learning. are you better than you were in your thirties or before you had children? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, children changes everything because everything gets logistical when you have kids. Yeah, because you've got a timetable, everything, and, and you know you've got to work around their needs and all that. But uh, first, well, two things, right? I've still got the wi- I've got the wisdom, mm. which is always increasing. Mm. <laughs> Every day I wake up and I want to learn, yeah. and I want to know more. First and I thing you think is about. logistics. Yeah, I've still got that hunger and I've still got that drive. Mm. Uh, that's the second thing, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, I haven't peaked yet. I don't think so. I, I've got another... What am I now? I'm 48 on Sunday. I reckon I've got another seven or eight years. Yeah, And then I'll start the to wind level. it down a bit. And then you, the might, very top. then you might just accept a lucrative offer from the Middle East or China to go and practice logistics out there. Do some consultancy stuff, probably, yeah. Be, be a but bigger fish really in a... I not care that much. Uh, be a bigger fish in a smaller logistical pond, in a way. Yeah, you could be out I'm not teaching. Even, I'm not even ashamed to say that at some point I'll I'll start to phone it in for cash. Yeah, I don't care. but uh, yeah, just you know, offer logistics to other we're people. We're entitled to that. Big corporations and stuff. Yeah, 
well, online logistic consultant. I feel an, I feel honoured to be working with you at this stage in your logistical pro- profession well, progression. Of course you do. You're benefiting from. I it, am. Aren't you? Yeah. So, uh, Harry Swales. Where are, where are we? They go to I'm France. Just to they land in France. Harry Swales. They land in France. They land, they, they land in France, and the wind is howling, and the rain's lashing down, and uh, Kev jumps off the off the plane, and he gives it all a bonjour, bonjour with all of them. Yeah. Um, and then they go off to the factory where the uh, the boots are being made, and he walks at the factory, and he walks past the the clocking in machine. Yeah. Uh, and he takes someone's card and clocks in. Yeah. Which probably completely Fats them fucks over. up. Yeah completely fucks up their admin and their HR. There'll be all and, kinds and of... probably know. that person ends up yeah. getting fired somewhere down the line, probably all for the sake all for the sake of a little stunt, a little attention-seeking yeah. stunt by Kevin. Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, it says here you clock in at 9 o'clock, as is correct, but then you also clock in again at 11.30am. What is going on? You are taking... Are you at someone clocking for you? You are taking the piss, Jean-Pierre. We know what you are up to. This is the last straw. You are out. It was not me, monsieur. It was the Anglais. Monsieur Kevin Keegan. Ah, do not blame it on monsieur Keegan. Nonsense. (laughs) Keegan would not play tricks like that. (laughs) He is a professional. (laughs) He is a brand ambassador. He's European footballer of the year. He has not got time to be playing games with your clocking in card. (laughs) And your life. He knows better than that. He is a serious figure. Jalapeño. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jalapeño. I've just had an alternative thought. Perhaps when he realized he was going to this factory, perhaps he asked if there was a clock in the machine and if he could have his own card. For what he visited. Now, Harry. He likes to keep it humble. Yeah, in advance. Harry, <laughs> this this factory we're visiting in France, can you find out, just a small thing for me, can you find out if they have a clocking in system? And if so, could they have my own card ready for me so I too can clock in? It only seems fair. Plus, it'll be a wonderful opportunity for the photographers. <laughs> I don't want to seem like I'm better than these people. I want to feel, I want to feel like I'm one of them, <laughs> and I want them to feel like I'm one of them as well. So I'll clock in just like they will. And that's why yes, I'm... That's, I'll be late. That's why I'm turning up to work in massive bell-bottom jeans, a huge buckled belt, a, a sexy shirt undone to the navel, a medallion and some <laughs> aviator sunglasses. <laughs> Just standard French factory workers wear. 
you think I should arrive with a string of onions around my neck, Harry? <laughs> They'd like that. <laughs> That's what they do. Arrive on a bicycle. Harry, I want you to arra- a I want you to arrange a tandem bicycle for you and I to ride in on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the front, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so he clocks in. He'll have someone sacked. Oh. He immediately, all all the factory workers are all gathered around. This there is one of my favourite bits. He, he goes up and he, he kisses two of them on the hand. They're quite elderly. The he, he chooses oh. the, the more elderly women, yeah. doesn't he? And it is wonderful. Yeah. I he do. Chooses the, the, I was impressed because they're like these old women. Oh, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he comes in and gives it. He the knows exactly both what he's barrels. doing. He? Yeah. Kisses their hands. Kisses their yeah. cheeks. And they're blushing and cooing. And you just think. Do you know what, Kev? Slathers the charm on. I just think, you're a great fucking guy. Do you know what I mean? You're a showman. He's yeah. not leaving anyone short-changed, is he? Yeah, exactly. It's just supposed to be a visit to have a look at some new boots. Yeah. He's flown down there. He's strolled in, had a go on the clocking in machine, kissed a couple of old women on the hand, and he's got them eaten out of his hand after that. I mean, you, you know, fucking hell, I've met so many footballers who just go through, especially nowadays, they go through the fucking motions. And I suppose you can't blame them. They think, well, I got into this game to play football. Why should I also have to be this full-time kind of showman and celebrity? But they do tend to turn up and look like they're really, let everyone know how fucked off they are to be there. You know, the whole kind of Dr. Dre headphones routine. Do you know what I mean? Pretending they can't see anyone. Keegan is so the antithesis of the modern footballer in that sense. He's like, if anyone comes into contact with Kevin Keegan, they're going to leave with a smile on their face and a spring in their step. That's my guarantee. That's what I owe the public. And, you know, quite aside from his footballing talent, that was why probably he'd made so much money out of all this other stuff. Because he just made sure every, every fucker who ever met him loved him. Well, it is. I mean, there's a little bit. There's a little bit later on, which we'll come to. I've just been watching a bit more this morning, and he, he's talking about. He doesn't understand why the England crowd love him so much. <laughs> and he says he sometimes he does things that are quite ordinary, and they'll all cheer. Then another player will do something extraordinary, and they're not bothered. But it's because yeah. he does all of that. He gives it all the wink and you know a smile yeah. and tits and teeth yeah. and all that kind of thing. It gives them a bit more. Yeah, and that a goes bit a long extra. way. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like. Um, it's like whenever, whenever we're out and about on tour and people come up to us in the street and say they're fans, you know, you'll often kiss them on the back of the hand. I will, yeah. And it's it, that, that they'll tell people about that will, that's... and then it'll get people interested and they'll want to listen to the podcast and then come to the live shows, subscribe to the IFS and uh, before you know it, um, you know, we're millionaires. I've got an example here, but I'm in two minds as to whether to tell it because I'm not sure if it's appropriate nowadays, but... Um... It's to do with Jimmy Savile, but as I've said, before, I could always edit it out. Okay, well, I've, it's, said, I've well, said if you can, it, it, it's it, tell it because it's a historical document. Yeah, it's say. a historical document. All I'll say is that when I, as I've said before on these podcasts, I did spend a day with Jimmy Savile about fifteen years <clears> ago. Um, um, when I was interviewing him for the Guardian, I went and spent a day at his place in Leeds, at his penthouse, and then we went out afterwards because he wanted to take me to... They had a Jimmy Savile Museum at some place in Leeds. It was like Leeds... Was it the town hall or the library or something like that? But we went out, and when we were out in public, he did that thing of every single... Obviously, he's very noticeable because the way he dressed and looked, and every single person who came near Mm. to him, he would do that thing of trying to 
he would go over and lay on the charm and speak to them and, and make sure that they knew they'd met and had an encounter with yeah. Jimmy Savile. And he kept saying to me, this will make that person stay. They'll remember that for the rest of their lives, right? And he yeah. goes, look at... And we were, we were in a canteen bit of where the Jimmy Savile Museum was having a cup of tea and there was an old guy who was just looked quite lonely and fairly decrepit on his own up at getting himself a cup of tea. And Jimmy went, look at this old fella. He went, look at, look at this old fella. I'm going to make his day, right? I'm doing Kevin's voice. He's like, look at this old fella. I want to make his day. I was about that. And he goes up and he just accosts this bloke. The bloke hadn't been looking at him at all. And he goes, hello, young man, right? And he does a full sort of Jimmy Savile, a series of absurd jokes. And the man just looked a bit baffled and bewildered, to be honest. And he comes back and goes, see that man there? He's probably yeah. about my age. But yeah. look at the difference between me and him. That's because I stay positive. But I've made his day there. He'll be telling everyone he knows about what just happened, right? And I'm thinking, <laughs> to be fair, I don't think that bloke's got a clue who you are, mate. But um, he, another bloke came up to us. Look, eccentric. Another bloke came up to us and he said, um, can you, he said something like, he said, oh, it's a real pleasure to meet you, blah, blah, blah. My wife will never believe it. And he goes, i tell you what. He goes, call your wife, right? And so he called his wife and he said, this is... And he handed the phone over to him and she went, hello. And he went... Oh. He goes, and he thinks he's going to say to him, oh, it's Jimmy, it's Jimmy Savile. But in fact, he just said something like... This is the the Leeds Exotica massage parlor. We have your husband's phone. He left it here, and he also has two hundred pounds <laughs> worth of unpaid bills. Can you please make sure he reports to us to collect oh, his own and pay his bill? Then he gives the phone back, laughing his head off, and the bloke just looks really fucked up about it. And again, he's turned to me. He, he's done the old TTFN, and he turns to me and went, "Oh, I've absolutely made that guy's. Him and his wife will be laughing about that." For the rest of their lives, they'll be telling the grandkids about it. I, mean, I don't know about that, actually. No, he's got to come he's, home. He's got home. And she's he's, gone. He's, uh, he's, he's had to go. No, no. She's gone. I got a fucking message from someone, a massage parlor, said you don't turn around. It was Jimmy no, Savile. No, it was Jimmy Savile. No one's going to believe that. It was Jimmy Savile playing a prank on me. He came up to me in the street and did it. <laughs> Bang over the end of the frying pan. <laughs> Pack your fucking bag, son. Anyway, no no endorsements. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, the, the moral of the story there is Jimmy Savile destroyed lives in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking did. What a cunt. Mm. Uh, anyway. Uh, where were Back we? Back to the factory. Uh, we were, he's in the factory and he's kissing the backs of hands and one on the cheek as well. Uh, he's lots of larking about going on. Um, he's, he's on the, the boot leather cutting machine. He has a go on that. Uh, <laughs> he trims. He trims the moustache of one of the workers. He's got some scissors and he gives him a little trim, and then he tries really to give him a little weird. haircut. <laughs> While we're there, Harry, make sure that you, you provide me with some barber's scissors because there's a little thing I like to do where I go up and if there's anyone with a tash, I go and trim it for them, just as a little bit of you know theatre. <laughs> I only do it with the Frenchmen though because they've got very very lovely moustaches uh, and they respond to it well. You see. The Germans or the English, they respond with a lot of um, hostility to that kind of thing. But the French, they love it. <laughs> Would you like me to do yours, Harry? Get back. Get off, Harry. <laughs> he gets a bit of um, he gets a bit of uh, boot leather and he, he, he drips it around one of the women workers' necks as she's sitting at the machine, like it's a garland or something like that around her neck, which is slightly creepy. But yeah, uh, she weird. goes along with it. She, mm. she enjoys it. 
But he's having a lovely time. He's, I mean, he's going in. He's doing, he's doing what he has to do, isn't he? He's having a look at the boots, but he's also motivating the workforce who are making the boots for him. They'll they'll work that bit harder now because Kev's been in and he's given them all a bit of a kiss. Yeah, and uh, trimmed their moustaches. And there's a relationship there now. So you know that's that's the lesson I reckon. And then we go back to the the interview. <laughs> great quote coming up. The interview, which is in his house, where of course he's sort of slouching back on the sofa. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about stuff, and he says, uh, this, "This is this is quite cold." He says, "My money's been accumulated in various parts of the world, and I'll never give anyone the chance to blow the money I've worked hard for." <laughs> Weird. So he's got his <laughs> he's got his money stashed away all over the world. Yeah. Not Gene, where. Not anyone. Various different holes. Yeah. A, there's let's just say there's holes with money buried deep down in the deserts of Saudi Arabia to Spider the holes. the jungles of Brazil and the Amazon rainforest. Right, I've got money in little holes in in parts of Doncaster on the outskirts. You know, I, you could go anywhere. Even in France, I've got money, and it's been dug everywhere. And no, no fucker knows where all of it is. Not even Jane. Not even Jane knows. In, I've got money stashed in thermos flasks in the woodlands of Northumberland. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever going to come up with an idea as good as that. <laughs> Not even Harry knows. I did have Harry dig some of the holes, but I didn't tell him what they were for. And then, after he said that, comes my favourite quote of the whole thing. He says, uh, it's not that I don't trust people. It's just that, you know, I don't trust people. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. Fucking great. It's just a one-man industry, isn't it? That's really interesting. A really interesting insight. I mean, because... He's such a sort of open bloke and so friendly and charming and all those things and energetic. If someone had asked me, I would have said, yeah, I think he is the sort of bloke who places trust in others because I think he's the sort of bloke who probably mm. sees the best in other people, right? That would... Mm. that would. But really, secretly, there's an inner steel. Yeah. There's a steel. Oh, definitely, yeah. But there's been that inner steel all the way through mm. since he was a kid. I don't know what it is that drives him. I don't know whether it's... He doesn't write that much mo- about his parents. Of- he doesn't, you know, he does, but he, yeah. it must have come from them in some way. Or maybe he just thinks I the way know. that his dad lived his life, or maybe he felt that his dad didn't get his just rewards for all his hard work, and maybe yeah. that sort of informed him. I think, it, I think him. it's that. I think it's achievement. I think he's driven on by achievement, mm. and one achievement leads to the next, mm. and he just he's realised that you, there's no end to what you're capable of achieving if you really, really dig in and work hard and put your mind to it. Again, so, again, like this podcast. Again, very much like this podcast. I mean, podcast, yeah. you know, only this week someone flounced off because they thought that we'd been harsh to them um, yeah. in in our feedback on Twitter and on the podcast, and they resigned from the IFS. But what did we we mm. could have let that get us down. We could have got upset. We could have given up. But instead, took a week off. Yeah. In, instead, you devised a, a, a marketing strategy that has actually led to us immediately getting 14 new subscribers. Yeah. Right? And and that is, that's what I call Keeganism. There is a Keeganism yeah. that informs Top Flight Time Machine's yeah. operations, isn't there? We are the Keegan, the Kevin Keegan of podcasts, I reckon. Mm. We started small. We started off like, you know, at, uh, was it Doncaster he started at? Rotherham? He started at Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe, wasn't it? Scunthorpe. That was like us when we were stealing boys, studio he? time at the old Talk Sports studios. Yeah, and doing <laughs> doing one episode every fortnight. Yeah, Imagine and we didn't that. even no. have merch. And at first, we just didn't have any merch. Then we just had a couple of T-shirts. Now there's phone cases, hats, everything. Yeah. Bags. 
we're going to soon be launching that um, stuff you can put on the side of your van. Yeah. Those fucking stick-on things. Yeah, van um, stickers. That will be good. We need a van, don't we? I Definitely. think we've discussed this before. We need top flight time machine van to go on touring. Like the mystery machine in Scooby-Doo. Yeah, and get the whole thing like, you know, like um, the the Led Zeppelin and then the Eagles and Elton John all had their own jets in the 70s yeah. that were painted yeah. in the band logos or whatever. Mm-hmm. We definitely need at least a van, if not a jet. Because yeah, at some point do, there'll we'll be a jet. We'll just it down. Because I think we've got live shows that are more than possible in Australia because we've mm-hmm. got a lot of fans out there. Yeah, that'll be good. We'll do a month there. Definitely Ireland. <laughs> a lot of British yeah. stand, a lot of British stand-ups go and do a month in Australia. You know, it's really common, isn't it? Do they? They all do. Yeah. Is it really common? The other okay. one they all do. If you meet any British stand-up, big or small, they've all gone out and done a month in Australia at some point. Right. And okay. and all of them, the other place that they go to because it's very lucrative and everything's done in English. And it's very rich. Is Norway weirdly? Really? All stand-ups, any British stand-up you speak to, they've all done a stretch in Norway. They'll go and do a few dates wow. in Norway. I thought you were going to say Dubai. No, nah, no, nah. Australia and Norway. Norway. Yeah. I mean, Fucking I don't think no. I don't know of right. any listeners that we have in Norway, but I think the idea is you just turn up and the Norwegians have got more money than sense. Maybe that's it, and they're just like we that's like what it is. we like the humour of the English. We will pay like to laugh. Pay the money to look at their humour, listen to it, and have amusement. I don't know why Process I'm doing them as German accent. I don't know what a Norwegian sounds like. Norwegians were massive in the nineties, weren't they? Because their team kept beating us all the time. Yeah, and they had like yeah. what's his name, who became the manager of Wimbledon, and it was sort of like they were a very dominant force with the Wellies. Yeah, they were a dominant force in the nineties. Also in the nineties. I copped off with one of the fittest girls mm. I've ever copped off with. And her name was Lisa and she was Norwegian. And I met her in a club in Costa Brava called the Underground wow. Club. So, wow. and that really dovetailed with the fact that Norway at the time was so dominant in football. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when, when I think Norway, I think 90s. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the end of the Keegan Hamburg Odyssey for this week. We'll pick it up again next week when Kevin goes to join the England squad uh, and all that sort of shit. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. It's been it's been another episode, I suppose. It's been my episode. I've enjoyed it. I mean, now I've got myself. Yeah. To, I hadn't thought about Lisa in years. Now I'm thinking about her, and I don't think I'm going to be able to let it go. But how would I track her down? You can't just drive in Lisa Norway and hope for the best. Well, it's worth a try. <laughs> All right, that's what I'll go and do now then. <laughs> Take the effort again. See ya. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.